reached the rendezvous point. You've got 90 seconds before my position is compromised. What if I can't find it? It's not an option. We both know what's at stake. Steak. Steak sounds good. I don't know what to tell you. beautiful family. I could just come out here and just say happy Father's Day to you. And I'm sure throughout my message, I'll say that several times, but I thought a great way to start off this service wouldn't just be for me to say happy Father's Day to you. When I got here this morning, um, my three little nieces and nephews came up to me and they sang me this song spontaneously. And I thought, you know what? We didn't plan this, but there's doggone it, uh, Ron, there's got to be some perks to be in the pasture, right? So I said, we're changing stuff. I want them to sing. Is that all right? So they're going to come out. Instead of me saying it, welcome to Grove Kids. Come on out here. Come on out here. And so what I want you to do is I want you just like you did when you saw me this morning in front of your church family, I want you to sing your song. All right, go for it. It's Daddy Day. So 
guys know the deal, right? You know, anytime you help Unky Matt in the services, I buy you presents, right? Oh yeah, I'm so hooking you up. Let's give him one more hand. Love you guys. Love you, love you, love you. If you didn't know it, today is Daddy Day, and we we came to celebrate you. Listen, um, I, I love our GT tradition because we celebrate moms like crazy on Mother's Day. And I know that when when Father's Day comes around, I know typically you know fathers then are a little bit like, oh geez, you know. So here it's going to be like you need to do this and you need to stop doing that. Not at GT today, Dad. We're going to celebrate you because we love you. It's all about you today, Dad. So what I thought I would do today after the little song is I'd start out with a dad joke. How about a good dad joke, okay, you guys? Okay. Now, I gotta tell you, a few weeks ago, a gal came up to me and she's like, Pastor Matt, I've got a joke for you. I gotta tell you a joke. And I absolutely cracked up and I'm like, that's a dad joke and I'm telling that joke on Father's Day. So look, here it is. We're at church. We're at church, and guess who shows up? The devil. The devil showed up at church, you guys, and once people realized that it was the devil, I mean people hightailed it out of there. There were men, you know, women and children first, Uh uh-uh. There were men jumping over chairs and everybody, even the pastors, everybody was running out of the building because the devil was there. And then there was this one guy left And so the devil walks over to this dude and he's like, what are you still doing here? Do you know who I am? He's like, yeah, I know who you are. He's like, you're not afraid. I mean, everybody else is running out of here terrified. You're not afraid of me. He's like, please, I'm not afraid of you. I've been married to your sister for 15 years. (laughs) Now, if it was Mother's Day, I would have used it the other way, but that's pretty good. You guys, when she told me that joke, I, I about cracked up. I'm like, that was a good one. That was a good one. Listen, I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about dad courage. And then we have a, a special, a very special speaker that's going to come out and speak to you for a few minutes also. We're going to jump into this because I want to encourage you today, dad, about dad courage. You are amazing. You are powerful. Your impact is second to none. And listen, we can look, look, we can we can celebrate mom without putting dad down, right? And we can celebrate dad without putting mom down. But I've got scientific proof and life proof. It, it, it's, it's absolutely a very well-known fact that nobody has the kind of impact in a human's human being's life like dad. And I know that can be good or that can be bad. No one powerfully impacts the life of a human being like their dad. A word, a look, a hug. Dad, no one sets their family up for success and sets their children up for success quite like you. The science is there, and I have shared this fact with you many times since I've been speaking to you, family, this alarming fact that the number of children who grow up in a home, the percentage who grow up in a home where only mom is a believer, 19% of the children in that home grow up to be a Christian. 
That same home, if dad is there and dad is a believer, the chances that that child will grow up and they will love Jesus drastically jumps to 87%. You're that powerful, dad. And so there are many, many components that I could have talked to you about today. Many ingredients that dad brings to the party. But I've just chosen three. Three that I want to highlight and three that I want to encourage you and equip you so that you can be the most powerful dad possible. No one takes the place of a powerful, present dad. A dad that that doesn't just fade into the background. A dad that doesn't buy into the hype and doesn't buy into the lie, this phrase that's been going around, toxic masculinity, that somehow just being a guy, there's something toxic about that. That all guys are irrelevant and all guys are rapists and all guys are, don't buy into it. We need you to be your powerful Amazing self. Three things. The first thing I want to talk to you, a a characteristic that amazing dads bring to their families. The first thing is discipline. Discipline. It's so important that dads understand and live out that role, not being your kid's buddy and not just always being the, the fun, crazy parent, which in my home, you guys, that's me. I'm the crazy guy. I like jumping out of closets and scaring people. I like splashing people with water and, and being, can't you imagine it, like being crazy. My kids have known since they were very, very young, they've known that they've got me wrapped around their little finger. Even before they were born, you guys, I would go to Walmart or go to Target and come home with three or four things. Diva's like four months pregnant. She's like, dude, the baby's not even here yet. What are you doing? My kids, when they could understand that concept of having me wrapped around their little finger, they understood that they got me. But you can ask my kids, and they'll also tell you, oh yeah, we know. We've got dad right here in the park. But when he means business, (laughs) when he means business, like we've got him wrapped around our finger, but we know exactly what it is that he expects from us. I learned the value of not just being my kid's buddy because no one will ever be their dad except me. And so I have to speak to behavior and I have to address behavior that is contrary to being a child of God and contrary to being a Samuels. Because we're respectful to women. We don't roll our eyes and talk crazy to mom. And we don't act like a fool at church and at school. And, and so dads have to have the courage to speak to behavior and actually act on it. Not, oh, you just wait, oh, you just wait and never follow through with it. Dads need to have the courage. Hear me, dads, so that mom primarily gets to be the good guy. That's our role, to be their perceived bad guy when someone needs to be the bad guy. We step in and we say, you will never talk to your mom in that way again. You will be respectful to adults. That's not how it works in this house. And actually, the Bible speaks so powerfully to this. What discipline actually, where it comes from and what it's supposed to accomplish. Look here, throw that first scripture up from Proverbs for me, if you would. It's so very, very good. It says, my son, 
Would you throw that scripture up there for me, please? Thank you. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord disciplines, reproves, the Lord corrects, redirects him that he what family? Loves. As a father, the son in whom he delights. So it's one of these things. You actually demonstrate to your children how much you delight in them, how crazy you are about them by telling them no when it needs to be no and telling them yes when it needs to be yes. I ask my kids frequently, how am I doing? Did you get what, did you, did you understand why you were in trouble there? And did you, talking it through, you know, and understanding and I, I remember asking Brielle one time when she had gotten into trouble, and I'm like, so what do you think? You know, what would you think about your punishment? And what do you think? I said, how does it make you feel? And what's it? And she said something so powerfully, you guys. She was like, um, it, it really shows me that you care about me, that you'll go crazy when it comes to me. And I'm like, you got that right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It demonstrates to our kids that we, that they are our world, that they are our life, that we love them. Like it really shows them that you're not going to go out and get buck wild because you're mine. And so I discipline you because I want you to live out God's purposes and God's plan for your life. And because I absolutely delight in you. Second thing, all discipline all discipline will for sure, hear me, if it's nothing but all discipline all the time, get ready for rebellion. And so good dads know you've got to mix discipline with the, point, the second point, compassion. Compassion. Like your kids have got to think that you are out of your mind in love with them. And I say it, and I'll probably say it on every Father's Day. It seems like kids just come out knowing mommy loves me. You know, and I like to say it like this. I think it's because we live in, we live in them for a while, and then we feed off of them for a while. You know what I mean? I, I always say this. I think you got to be a pretty darn bad mom for your kids not to feel like mom loves me. But dads, we, we, we have to not only work harder, but we have to work smarter. Because we have a small window of time. Hear your pastor today, okay? We have a small window of time to imprint on our children that we are out of our minds in love with them. And so my kids today, even my kids, they're older, they will tell you, my dad is a stark raving lunatic. <laughs> but he loves me. Like I know when I do what's right and I know when I do what's wrong. And he will, everything that's within his power, he will do if he can make something happen because he loves me. I've made so many mistakes with my kids, you guys, but this isn't one of them. My kids are convinced that I adore them. And so it can't just be all discipline, Dad. It can't just be that you're the drill sergeant or you're the police officer and everybody has to march to your beat. There's got to be discipline, but it's got, you've got to shower. You, your kids have got to be in a tidal wave of compassion from you. And what does that look like practically day to day? There have been times when my kids have broken the rules 
And I've said, you know what? I'm not going to let you, you're not going to be in trouble for that. I'm going to give you another chance. You get to do that. Parents, we get to say, you know what? I'm going to have compassion on you. I mean, and should. Dads, we should. There should be times. And I'm not talking about being loosey-goosey and, and, oh, you know, it was wrong yesterday, but today it's okay. But there should be times where you actually talk it through with your kids and say, what you deserve is punishment, but I'm going to have compassion on you because I know what it's like to mess up. Discipline plus an overwhelming, consuming tide of compassion are two key ingredients, family, to be the best kind of dad that you can be. I'm going to come back later with the last ingredient, but we have a very special speaker today. And you notice I did not say we have a special guest today because he's not a guest. He, he grew up here at GT. He's a GT boy. And I can tell you, I, I had a couple pictures of him when he was a little boy of he and I together. Um, I can tell you that Caleb Spangler, from the time they moved here, he had a special place in my heart. He was the only boy at that time, and he, you know, I always say, parents don't get to have a favorite kid. You know what I mean? If your kids feel like you're playing favorites, you're going to mess those kids up, amen? amen. But I get to. <laughs> I get, and Caleb Spangler, he was the only boy at the time, and just my favorite boy, and then Carson came along, and, and it's, now it's both of them. You know, I love them all, but those two, oh, they get me. And I could tell from a very young age, a very young age, that God's hand of anointing is upon this young man. And so, you guys, I'm about ready to float up off the stage. It delights me to ask you, can you help give a GT welcome to our very own Caleb Spangler? Come on out here, my man! (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. All right, well, hey, my name is Caleb Spangler, and today I want to talk to you guys about courage. But first, I want to start with a question. How many times have you felt like someone looked down on you because you're young, and just because of that? First, when I think of someone looking down on another person because you're young, I think of Paul's letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy. And that says, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for all believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come... Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which is given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely, preserving them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So I'm just going to go back through and just explain a little bit of part of the scripture. So in verse 12, it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for all believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, when it says speech, it means like being kind with your words. That means not calling people mean names. That means always being nice to people with your speech. That means not cussing if your friends are cussing. That means just always being nice to people with your sweet speech. And that says in conduct. In conduct is how you act. So if you're at school... Always be respecting your teachers, always have a good attitude, always be good to your parents, never have a bad attitude to them. Even if other people are doing it, doesn't mean you have to. And then it says in love. It's, it's as simple as it sounds. It just means to love everyone. 
So if you see someone getting picked on, go over there. Tell them Jesus loves them. Tell whoever's picking on them to stop. And that also means like if you see a homeless person on the street, maybe even getting them some food or something like that. And that says faith. Now this isn't the faith as in believing in God, but it's praying and believing for others. So if you see someone that's hurt or they just need some help, be the first to go over and pray for them. Show all the other believers that you need to be the first to pray. And show them that being a Christian means praying for others. Now, this is all a part of being courageous as a young person. Now, it's going to be hard. Some people are going to tempt you with other things. And being Christian is hard. Being different is hard. And being Christian is different. So you just have to set all temptations aside and just be who you're supposed to be. So at the end of next month, I'm going to be going to nationals for a worshiping duo with Maddie Emman. And there's going to be people judging us on our ability to lead worship. And that's going to be kind of, kind of, I'm going to be pretty nervous, but it's a lot of pressure, especially for a young person. But, and people may not think that a young person should be leading worship or preaching or doing, some, doing something like that. But I think if God put the call, call, that call on your heart, that you should do it. And I know that God's going to give me the courage to do it. It's not in my own strength, but it's in, it's in his. So I'm sure you guys have heard the story of the little boy who brought his five loaves of bread and two fish to Jesus. I'm going to give you a little context. So Jesus was preaching to 5,000 people one day, and it was about lunchtime. So all the disciples were like, Jesus, how are we going to get all this food? And God was like, well, Jesus, he was like, there's going to be a way. So this little boy, he brings his five loaves of bread and his two fish. People may have thought he was crazy for thinking that was going to help, but God saw the heart in it. God saw that he could use that for bigger things. And it's like God's anointing on us to do more than we think we can. What are you facing right now that's more than you think you can do? Trust God. He'll help you through it. Bring what little you think you have to God, and he'll multiply and do big things with it. That's the thing. It's the little you think you have. You have a lot more than you think you have. It's all about believing you can do more than you think you can. So I'm sure you guys have heard of Pele. Now, he's the youngest player to win a World Cup final in soccer. At 17 years old, he won. Imagine that. You're still in school. You're, you're, you just got a job. You just got your driver's license a year ago, and you're playing so- soccer on national level. Most 17-year-olds are in their parents' basements playing video games. <laughs> but he was out there playing soccer on national level and winning. And I'm sure people, when they saw him practicing and he thought he was going to win, I'm sure they thought he was crazy. They probably looked down on him just because he was young and thought that he couldn't do it just because he was young. But when he went out there and he played that game, and he won. I can't imagine the people's faces when they doubted him. They're like, wow, he did it. And we just, you just always got to remember, it doesn't matter what other people think. If you think you could do it, you can do it. But you have to know you can do it. So I don't know if you all know, but I really like shoes. And the thing is, though, my feet won't stop growing, so I just have to keep buying more. <laughs> it's kind of annoying, but... So I found this website, and I've been selling my shoes on there and buying shoes on there, and it's pretty cool. So what I do, I put the shoes up there, I market them, and then people like them and share them and buy them, and I package them up when people buy them, and I ship them to them, and some people may not think that a young person could do that. Some people may think that that's an older person's job. I don't think there should be an age for that. I think that it doesn't matter what age you are, but you could do what you think you can. And most of them, my customers, they probably don't even know I'm 14. They probably just think I'm an adult. <laughs> so, but maybe if they knew that I was 14, maybe they wouldn't buy from me. Maybe they think I'd mess up. But that's the cool thing about it. They don't, so they buy from me. 
And so you guys may have heard of David. I'm sure you have. He was a shepherd boy in the Bible. Now, he was the youngest of his siblings. And he was only trusted with the things like feeding the sheep and getting his brother's food and doing like little errands like that. So back then, they didn't have Jimmy John's. So his brother, I mean, he was Jimmy John's to his brother. He's running around food doing freaky fast. That's all I thought he was good for. So for 40 days now, uh, the Philistines were coming to David's land. And they were taunting them, saying that they should try to fight Goliath. And he was like the big giant in their, in their uh, nation. And they come there and they'd be like, if you could kill Goliath, then you could have all of our people. But if you don't, then we get to have all your people. And every time this would happen for those 40 days, the Israelites would flee in fear. But one day, David was told by his father to go out and check on his brothers on the battlefield. And when his, David's brothers saw him out there, he was mad at him. He was like, what do you think you're doing out here? You too, you're too young. You can't do anything to help us with this. So then David saw a big giant walk out of Emmy's front line, and that giant was Goliath. And he was starting to say really bad things about the Israelites and God. And David was like, I don't like this. So he started talking to the other Israelites, and he was like, we should, we should try to get rid of this guy. And we should try to do his challenge that he was talking about. So he went to Saul, and he was like, I need your help with this. How do you think I should do this? And Saul was like, all right, here you go. I'm going to give you my armor. I'm going to give you my spear, and I'm going to tell you how to do this. So David tried on that armor, and he was like, no, this doesn't fit. This doesn't work for me. And then he looked at the spear, and he's like, no, I'm going to use my own thing. So David goes, and he, he goes out there with his little sling and his rock. And he goes up to Goliath, and he won that battle. Even though people may not thought he could do it, he knew that he could, and he had God on his side. And if you don't have God on your side, there's a lot of things that you can't do. But if you have him on your side, you could do anything. What tough situation are you staring down right now? Could it be mean people? Could it be money? Could it be sickness? Sometimes you just need to have the courage to do more than you think you can, or more than others think you can. So I've been doing martial arts since I was, since I could walk, so two, three. But, and a cool thing that we do every once in a while is we break boards. And now, it's not actually practical for self-defense, but it does teach you one thing, and that's to have courage. Because you can't just think you're going to break the board. You have to know you're going to do it. You can't just walk up to and think, okay, maybe I could do this. You have to walk up there and you have to know you can do it. Same thing with life. If you, can, if you just think you can do it, you're not going to be able to get things done. But if you look at it and you know you can do it, especially with God, you could do anything. So a few years back, there was a few boards I wanted to break all at once, like full-size boards. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Some people may not have thought I could, thought I could do because I was young. But... I looked at it, I'm like, no, I could do this. So I went to those boards and went straight through all of them. And it's just all about having more courage than you think you, having courage to do more than you think you can. And if you don't have God on your side, courage is useless. Courage only comes from God. And to do big things like that, you need courage from God. Maybe you don't have a Goliath, or maybe you don't have a stack of boards, but what do you have that requires courage from you? Maybe you're the new hire at work. Maybe you're the new kid at school. Maybe people are picking on you. Just look to God for courage. If you need help with something, just always look to God. Just remember, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And that's it. Yeah! So proud of you, boy. That was awesome. I asked Caleb if he would speak to the next generation of fathers. And how many would agree with me? Our next generation of fathers is looking pretty darn good.
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I want to wrap this message up to you talking about probably the whole reason that I put this message together. The third thing that I want to talk to you about, the red flag moment of this message, is integrity. Nothing over the 26 years that I've been a pastor here at this church, nothing brings a man or a couple or a family in my office faster than this. Integrity is the courage to be who you are privately as well as publicly. Integrity is being a man of your word that when you say something, people can rely that it's going to get done. Integrity is having the courage to make a commitment to one woman and living up to that expectation. Courage that flows from God, as Caleb said, shows itself in integritous living. The number of men and the number of couples and the number of families that have been ripped apart because someone else caught dad's eye. Because dad didn't realize that his actions affect more than just him. Integrity says that you understand the order of life and the order of life is God, others, then me. Integrity shows up by living your life moment by moment surrendered to God. And it's not easy, and that's why it takes courage. Because we all just want to do whatever we feel, and we all, no one can tell me anything, and you're not my mama, and you're not my boss, and you're not. And so it takes courage. to be a man of integrity. It takes courage to admit when you've blown it. It takes courage to ask for help before something becomes a habit. It takes courage to rat yourself out. I'm working on a message that'll be in a few weeks, or several weeks called Caught. and how some of God's greatest blessings only come after we get caught. So men, dads, you got this. Integrity is you living open and free. You understanding that you're not an island unto yourself, but that there are people that are looking to you, that expect you to do the right thing even when no one else 
is looking, even if you would never get caught. The Bible talks of a beautiful promise for men who live their lives that way. Would you throw that last scripture up there, please? Says the righteous, and, and this is not a stretch of an interpretation at all. The righteous man who walks in God's integrity, okay? So the righteous who walk in his integrity, that's the righteous man or woman, it's Father's Day. The righteous man who walks in God's integrity, blessed are his children after him. Do you notice it talks about integrity? It does not talk about perfection. God knew when he made us, there's gonna be a whole lot of mistakes. But integrity is not making excuses. Well, hey man, she looked good. Hey man, you don't know what it's like. I'm not Jesus. Hey man, integrity recognizes that to build a lasting legacy, it's one good choice followed by another good godly choice followed by another good day after day. That's how we build our legacy, men. One moment at a time. And so I would say, To you today, Dad, your wife is depending on you. Hear me, okay? She's strong enough to do it without you, but she never wants to. She never wants to have to go and become that woman. Life is counting on you. Your kids. People told me years ago, you better enjoy Brielle. You better enjoy Nico because that time flies. And always in my mind, always in my mind, and maybe because you know my mouth, maybe I actually had the, the nerve to say it to a few people. I'm like, well, time is constant. You know, time is something that doesn't change. My baby girl is 20 years old. My baby boy is 17. I don't know how they keep getting older and I keep getting younger. <laughs> but, <laughs> Your kids are depending on you to be the man that you say you are. Your grandkids, because from what I hear, dad is phenomenal, but papa is like mind blowing from what I hear. <laughs> Future generations are depending on the choices that you're making today. And what I came to tell you this morning is ask God for the courage to be that kind of man. And he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. And so to the Father, 
who is quietly living his life trying to make the best choices that he can every day. For the father who's out, not out there trying to draw attention to himself, and to, but the father who is just day by day trying to be the kind of husband and the kind of dad the best that he can is unto the Lord. Today I bless you. For the father right now who is sitting in prison, it's been a long time since you've seen your babies. I want you to know God's not forgotten about you. And God is nothing else if he's not a God of a second chance. father who is sitting now alone living with the consequences of the bad choices that he's made it's never too late for today to be day one that today can be the day that you say enough's enough and when I know better I'll do better. And so I need to learn better so that I can do better. For the father who's away from his family because you're over in some foreign land in harm's way. For the fathers that run into buildings when they're on fire and for the fathers that put their lives in danger every time they do a routine traffic stop. those of you whose daddy is already gone he's already with Jesus and today is a mix of emotions for you because he's gone I pray God's grace and strength upon you for those of you who are down the last moments of your dad's life and you're there by his hospital bed I pray God's power for you to celebrate every single moment that you have left with him but today whatever kind of father you had kind of father that you want to be, that you'll have the courage to trust God with it all. You can be exactly who God purposed you to be. Rise up, Dad. Rise up. It's your time now. Rise up and be and continue to be who God has empowered you to be. Happy, happy Father's Day, you wonderful, amazing, powerful, 
I pray that everything you put your hands to do is blessed. I've asked Caleb if he would come back out and give everybody, men, women, children, if he would give everybody an opportunity to receive Jesus. And then we got some giveaways for you. So Caleb, come on out here, my man. If you don't remember a time or place that you asked Jesus in your heart, right now is the perfect time to do it. So bow your heads and close your eyes. Just repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Help me to live the best life I can with the courage from you. Amen. If that's your first time saying that prayer, I want you to text heaven to 41411. And then Jason and Brittany will will love to help you on your first steps in your new beginning. I think it's giveaway time now. It is giveaway time, Caleb. Can we have one more hand for this one right here? Come on. Come on. Now think about it. What were you doing at 14? Would you have had the courage to do this? Man. All right, Caleb. So um, I know what we got here first, Caleb, um, is a $15 uh, gift certificate to the movie. Go see a man movie. All right, man movie. Jerry Jones! Jerry Jones, where are you? Are you in here, Jerry? He's probably out there. Go give it to Jaquan, would you? Um, uh, Jaquan, make sure you give that to Jerry. All right, the second thing we have here is, is some good old, good old food, Texas Roadhouse, all right? You got some Texas Roadhouse food here. Who's going to get some steak? Who's that? That is Ed Hall. Where are you here, Ed? Ed, where are you? There he is right there. Would you run that too? All right, Ed. All right, Ed. All right, and this last one, the grand prize, super, super cool. It's a $50 gift certificate to mancrate.com. If you've never been there, they got a bunch of man stuff. So uh, we got you a $50 gift certificate. We just need you to fill this out, take it to the information center, and then you can go online and pick out some man stuff that you want. All right, so mancrate, what do we got? Who's going to get the mancrate? Not her. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> Jessica Buckley, I love you, but sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. Man, there's women. Like, what, what, what's happening? I guess we, that's what we got. Um, but I guess what we could do is you could give it to your, yeah. So Cody Buckley, Cody Buckley, let's give it to Cody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, would you stand up on your feet with me? Listen, I'm happy positive. Father's Day. Celebrate Dad today in an amazing way. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. I'll see you right back here next Sunday, okay? Have a great day.